know, I've been, um, been wrestling with this text this week, just the, the heaviness and the importance of this text for us as the people of God here at First Baptist Irving and as Christians, specifically in America, um, that we would really take hold of the challenge to value Jesus and the things of God above everything else. And I was just thinking how to help us and our time together, how to begin in, in setting forth the weight and the importance of what we're talking about today. And earlier this week, my friend Aaron and I, we were, we were reading through the book of Ephesians together, and I came across this prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesian church in chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. And I thought, I can't, I can't force you to, in my own strength, grab in your heart the importance of what we're talking about today. But I can't ask the Lord to do what I can't do. And so if I could just read this prayer over us from Ephesians chapter 1 and ask God to do in us what Paul was asking him to do in the church in Ephesus. Here's what he prays for them as he doesn't cease to give thanks for them. Verse 17, that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, listen, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. So here's what we're asking, that God through the word today would give you insight, would give you more wisdom, that he would reveal more of himself to you such that it changes your life. Not just in a salvation sense, hopefully if you're not saved in Christ, that would happen today. But there were those of us who were in Christ, that we would know more of him today, that we would see more of him today, that we would have more wisdom through him opening the eyes of our hearts. And that in him doing that, we could know these things, the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable riches of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And that he put everything under his feet and gave him as a head over us, the church, who are his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We're going to be challenged this morning from Jesus' words in his parable teaching in Matthew chapter 13 to consider the worth of the kingdom. To consider that the kingdom of God, living under the rule and the reign of Christ, and seeing his glory declared and the kingdom spread through the nations is of immeasurable, inconquerable, incomparable worth. And that's a very hard thing for us to wrap our minds around. It's a very hard thing for us to, to consider something that is spiritual, that's hard for us to see, to, to grasp it as worth more than anything that we can touch or, or taste or buy or access in our own strength. And yet that's exactly what we're asking God to do today. That he would give us a vision, a vision of his kingdom, a vision of King Jesus and the glory and the benefit of sitting under his rule, 
sitting under his reign, the, the things that we benefit and enjoy from being in Christ, that we would believe that so fully as the people of God, that it would take root in our hearts so completely that we would sell and give away everything else this worth can offer to take hold of it. Friends, that's a supernatural work. Do you understand this? That's not natural to forsake the things of this world for the things of God. And yet that's precisely what we're praying today. That God, through the teaching of Jesus, would open the eyes of our hearts so that we can grasp fully the realities of this kingdom, the hope that we have been called to. That's only in Jesus. The immeasurable, uh, the, the, the riches of his glorious inheritance and the saints, that God values us and wants us to experience him in the joy that can only come in his presence. A joy that, that far exceeds anything this world can offer and the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. That, that God has demonstrated a power that is greater than any power upon this planet. And that nothing that comes against you is more powerful than what God has given to you in Christ. And that access to that is only found in Christ and his kingdom. I want us to believe that. I want us to, to live in that. I want God to open our hearts to the depths of the beauty of his kingdom and the worth of his kingdom. And so let me ask you. I want you to be honest before the Lord today as we've gathered as his people. Do you see the worth of the kingdom of God? Do you see the incomparable, infinite worth of the kingdom of God? Are the things of God, the glory of God, the spread of the kingdom of God of more value to you than anything else in your life? such that it influences everything you do, every, every act of your life. Is it situated under this greater value, the greatest value we can have as the people of God, as the, of the kingdom of God? Because friends, if we, if we get a taste of what God has done for us in Jesus, our hearts should be gripped with the things of God should be gripped by love for God. But unfortunately, it's not always the case, right? And that's why I feel the burden of it. Because in my own heart, in my own life, what I'm seeing happen in the American church, even some patterns in our own church, I know that we're struggling to really take hold of this. I know that there are the enemy's coming against us and trying to distract us and value things that are not of God above the things that are of God. I know that throughout the week, I value sports sometimes more than God. Isn't that so silly? Sometimes I value my hobbies more than God. Sometimes I value filling up my 401k more than I do the things of God. Sometimes I value leisure more than I value the things of God. I get up in the morning, I come to work as a pastor, and I'm not even committing myself to doing everything that I do today for the glory of God and light of his kingdom. I wonder if you can relate to that as you go to work at, as a teacher or an accountant or answering phone calls at a customer service line, whatever it is that you do, 
Do you see everything that you do under this umbrella of ultimate commitment to the kingdom of God such that your life is completely devoted to this cause? I hope so. I hope so. Because we're seeing trends in the American church that suggest otherwise. Not only are we not giving every day of our week to God, we're not even giving Sundays to God anymore. Right? I think about the benefits of Sunday gathering with God's people as it situates our hearts for the week that is upcoming. That one of the goals of us gathering together on Sundays is to say, hey, today and every day this week, as you go forth to your vocations, as you go forth to school, I want you to think about Jesus, the ultimate worth of his kingdom, and I want you to do whatever you do for his glory and just rejoice as you see the kingdom of God expand. That's what I want you to do. But we're not even setting aside Sunday anymore for God, right? I mean, we were talking on Wednesday night, we're doing this corporate worship study that's been so fruitful about God's teaching for corporate worship, the importance of corporate worship. And do you know that in the American church today, regular attendance, like for committed Christians, is two out of four Sundays a month. That's considered to be a faithful member. Now, I'm not trying to say this to condemn or convict anyone. I just want to challenge us, right? Think about what that says about the ultimate worth of God's kingdom. If, if the day that he has asked us as his people to set aside for worship to him, we're only given in 50% of the time. No wonder our weeks are changed. No wonder our weeks are challenged. No wonder we're not living every day for the glory of God. Because the enemy's taken it. So we'll go do sports, we'll go, do, we'll go fishing, we'll go whatever. And we'll choose to be in a place other than among the people of God for his glory. And the enemy's using it to change our perspective, to change what we value. And we're losing people, we're losing generations because of it. So I want to challenge us this morning that God would open our hearts, that he would sit within our hearts, this weight properly. And that he would give us a conception of his